Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I'm Lindsay, and today I am going to be talking about actor Keanu Reeves. So did you know that he was in a grunge band in the 90s when grunge bands were just starting out? This was around 1991. It was in full swing at this point in time. I thought it was really interesting to talk about because I know everyone and their mother knows who Keanu Reeves is. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. I love him. And I thought it was really fascinating when I was doing a deeper dive into who Keanu was a few years ago that he was in a band. I had no idea. Zero idea. And you can still listen to his music from this band, Dog Star. It's called Dog Star. And so upon researching this episode, getting all my information and, you know, having everything set up, I did my due diligence and I re-listened to the music that Dogstar came out with. So they released one EP and then they released two studio albums. And like, listen, we'll be getting into it, all right? I have my thoughts on it. Um, But first, I want to talk about who is Keanu Reeves? Like, what is his backstory? How did he grow up? And how did he come from his means as a child into diving into a band? Let's just kind of jump right on into it. So, Keanu was born in Beirut, Lebanon on September the 2nd, 1964 to parents Patricia and Samuel. So, his mother kind of is a jack of all trades, but she is primarily in the fashion industry as a costume designer. She worked with a lot of musicians, like a lot of them, particularly um, Dolly Parton. She worked with Alice Cooper. She worked with and she knew even to the point where Alice Cooper sometimes would babysit Keanu and his other siblings. That's the truth. So his mother comes from English descent. So she comes from Essex right? That part of England. And his father is of native Hawaiian descent, but he also has Chinese, English, Irish, and a bit of Portuguese in him as well. So Keanu is kind of a mixed bag. So his mother was working in Beirut when she met his father. All right. So that's why he was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Okay. He's not Lebanese. That's just where he was born. Unfortunately, his father abandoned the family when Keanu was only three years old. And Keanu, the last time he saw his father was in Hawaii when he was 13 years old. So his father was not in his life really at all. That's not the family dynamic you really want to grow up with. So because his father was absent, his mother would remarry and divorce a couple of times. So after his mother and his father divorced in 1966, they moved to Sydney, Australia, and then they moved to New York, where at that point, she gets married a second time to a man named Paul Aaron, who is a director for Hollywood and Broadway. Her marriage to Paul Aaron really helped solidify Keanu because Keanu really enjoyed acting. He enjoyed everything kind of around acting. And so Paul Aaron kind of helped Keanu get his foot in the door with starting out doing small little things like um, theater work and Broadway, um, little plays and things like that. You know, after some time, they moved to Toronto, Canada, 
So, and that's where Keanu primarily was raised with his other siblings. So Keanu was a proud Canadian. I just want to say that too. If you didn't know, he is Canadian. He is a proud Canadian. Even though he wasn't born in Canada, he primarily grew up in Canada. So he is like a proud Canadian through and through. And where does that come from, right? Like what comes with being a proud Canadian? Ice hockey. So Keanu was so obsessed with hockey. He played hockey in school and he actually was going to be a pro hockey goalkeeper. That's what position he was when he was playing ice hockey. He had the ambition, though, of being a professional ice hockey player for the Canadian Olympic team. And in part from, you know, all the injuries that would come from ice hockey, he just decided he would pursue acting when he was 15. So at this point, his mother, Patricia, would get married again. So she divorced Paul Aaron She got married again to Robert Miller, who was a promoter for music in 1976. And then they divorced four years later. Um, And then she would subsequently marry again to a hairdresser named Jack Bond. And the marriage lasted until 1994. So, you know, they grew up kind of in a um, strange family dynamic of, you know, their mother marrying and remarrying you know, a bunch of times and moving around a lot, you know, you can imagine how that would be really difficult to establish yourself as a child going through all these different schools and going through all these different countries and places trying to establish yourself like that would be that would be a real challenge. Um, But through and through, Keanu loved music, he loved acting. And Through this, again, he would start with little small um, plays. Anytime he could get into a play in school or otherwise, he would do it. So Keanu described himself as a private kid, and that makes sense to me. I mean, he seems even now as an adult a very private, shy, kind of keep-to-yourself kind of person, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Again, I think that has roots in the fact that as you're a kid and you're moving around so much and your mother gets married and remarried, divorced throughout your formative years, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. And again, as a kid, you know, to be the new kid in school and to establish friends, it's hard to do that. And so Keanu, I guess, would learn or adapt to just be a bit more private, which is fine. So because he moved around so much, he attended four different high schools and he was expelled from one of them. He then attended Avondale Secondary Alternative School, which allowed him to get an education while working as an actor. And then he dropped out completely from school altogether when he was 17. He really started to notice, he did some um, acting gigs in Canada too, before I mention what I was going to mention. He was doing a couple of little commercials in Canada, nothing too crazy, but kind of like independent shows in Canada, just kind of getting his start, right? But he realized that what he really wanted to do was pursue acting in a more serious manner. And at the time, going to Hollywood, I think that still is the case now. However, I think you have more options. Like now, if you wanted to be an actor, I think you can choose like New York, Toronto, London, Hollywood. But back then, like Hollywood was really the place to go. He's like, okay, right. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to stay with my stepfather in Hollywood. I'm going to go and I'm going to make a living out of being an actor. But clearly Keanu was going to do it regardless of whatever anyone else said. Like he was just so steadfast on doing this. 
So he got his green card and he moved to Los Angeles three years later. So at this point, he was 20 and he packed all his belongings and his little broken down car and he had a long cross-country road trip from Toronto all the way to Los Angeles. He didn't have like any money. He had like a couple of things and he just packed up his life and he moved all the way to America. And so, you know, he started out in Hollywood and he was coming up in the ranks slowly but surely. He took a couple of small leads in some little um, like B movies, you know, nothing too major. But through the years, up until 1991, where Dog Star comes into play, he would be in movies such as River's Edge, Dangerous Liaisons, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which helped him propel his movie career even forward. And 1991 was really a big year for him because Point Break also came out in 1991 and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey came out in 1991 as well. And my own private Idaho as well. It's just like, woo, such a really big formative year for him, 1991. It was huge. He was trailblazing his own path as who he was. He had his own acting style. He loved acting. He was just pushing through, taking any role he wanted to take. So at this point in time, he was kind of the hottest thing on the block in Hollywood. So Keanu was coming up in the ranks as one of Hollywood's fastest growing actors by this point in time in 1991. However, you know, Keanu was still kind of establishing himself a little bit in Hollywood, you know, when he's trying to find some friends. And for him, it's kind of challenging to keep his Canadian roots and what he loved in Canada, which primarily was ice hockey, because that's one of the things that he loved so much. So for him, moving all the way over to California... I think was a really big shock. I don't I don't know if I would say a culture shock, but maybe that was the case too. I mean, you can't really do ice hockey in California. You just can't do that. It's more like um like street hockey. So Keanu was looking for friends to form a hockey team. So one day in 1991, he was at the supermarket and he happened to see this guy wearing a Detroit Red Wings hockey sweater. And for him, he made a beeline. Like, Keanu went right over to this guy. And his name is Robert Mailhouse. And he said, hey, you know, I noticed that you're wearing a hockey sweater. Do you play? And he's like, yeah, you know, I play occasionally. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I am looking to form a, a hockey team. You know, would you be interested in, in pairing up? You know, if you need a goalie, I would be more than happy to be your goalie. And he said, yeah, sure, why not? So Robert Mailhouse was an actor on a soap opera called Days of Our Lives. I don't know if any of you guys know or remember that show. I don't know if it's still going on. Like, I've lost track of the soap operas. Like, my mom was huge into the soap operas. And I think Days of Our Lives was one of the soaps that she used to watch. But I, I can't recall seeing this show, to be honest with you. Obviously, I wasn't into the soap operas, but that's who he was, right? So he moved from New York to L.A. to pursue an acting career. He happened to meet Keanu, and they pair up. Not only do they form a hockey team, but through their friendship, they began to jam together. So, you know, Keanu picked up how to play the bass. Robert was the drummer, right? So they would just jam together. 
occasionally, and then they were soon joined by Greg Miller, who turned in to be the lead guitarist and the singer for what is to be known as Dogstar in 1992. And the whole thing about Dogstar 2, that I can appreciate this aspect, right? So Keanu is a really big actor. Like, he's been in so many movies by this point in 1992 that he couldn't go anywhere without people knowing who he is or noticing who he is or anything like that. So Keanu has always really thought of himself as a normal man. When he formed Dogstar with Robert and Greg, he really made it a point to make sure if anyone was to interview the band that they don't ask all of the questions pointed to Keanu, that it's equal between the three members because Keanu was so aware that people might have only listened to the band and given them any any kind of notice or whatever because Keanu was in the band. And the whole band was aware of that fact, that they had Keanu Reeves in their band. And one of the primary reasons that this band even made music or got as somewhat big as they did was because of Keanu, and they were aware of that. But Keanu wanted to make sure that he used his notoriety for good. And at the end of the day, they were just three guys having fun, and they were making music together. And that's all that they really cared about. You know, despite what people have to say about the band, and I have my own opinions, okay? I am saving that for later because I got my own opinions. However, despite all of the things, I can really respect the fact that Keanu was just like, listen, we're a band first and foremost. We're just three guys. We're just jamming. We're just making music together. It's really nothing more than that. And if you want to see us at a show or buy our music because you're a fan of Bill and Ted or Point Break or something, then fine. Whatever. We're just happy for whatever comes about. So I can respect that. So in 1994, Dogstar was joined by Brett Domrose as an additional vocalist and guitarist. So then later on down the road, Greg Miller was to leave and then Brett would be the main singer. So just through the whole fact alone that Keanu was in the band, they already were touring with massive, massive artists. Example, they opened for David Bowie at his 1995 Hollywood Palladium show where they covered a lot of songs and they covered Pink Floyd too and then they played their own music. But they also went on tour with Bon Jovi in 1995 for his These Days Crossroads tour as well. And that's just like crazy. Like (laughs) there's no other like small time band that's doing this. You would never catch like a small time unknown band opening for David Bowie or Bon Jovi, okay? Like you you couldn't even like I I can't even see that happening. So so they finally start actually releasing music officially in 1996 with their four track EP known as Quattro Formaggi. You know it it was okay. It didn't really make a lot of waves on the radio or. It didn't really do really anything in sales. I couldn't even find a lot of information exactly on on how much was sold on this EP or even honestly on any of their albums. There's just no information. I couldn't find that. However, they really didn't make a big dent at all. We'll just say that. So then they followed up 
their EP with their debut album, Our Little Visionary. And it was only distributed in Japan primarily. It was later put out in America, but primarily it was only put out in Japan because their record label, Zoo Entertainment, was bought out by Volcano Recordings, who dropped Dogstar initially. And they refused to release the album because they just thought it was a horrible business expenditure and it would get no money back. It was just a horrible lose-lose kind of situation. Like, they just weren't really going to do it. Like, I think they really had no hope for this band to make it anywhere. And so they just were like, no, mm -mm, we are not releasing this album. You got to be crazy. We're not doing it. But eventually, you know, it got released through America and all the other kind of avenues there. And again, it just like, it made no prominent sales or anything like that. The band actually at this point in time, because the sales were so low, as they were on tour and they were going to their shows, they were carrying around boxes of their CDs in hopes to sell a few to fans on the street or something. And, and you would think, you know, I don't know, but I think, I think some bands not all bands. I think some bands would be really upset by this whole thing. Like they're releasing music and no one's listening to it. No one's buying it. No one is saying anything about it. <laughs> like the radio stations aren't playing any of the music or promoting it. It's just like not really. I think some bands would probably quit at this point. Not all. I think some, but Keanu and the band were kind of unbothered by this whole thing of no sales, no big exposure, no nothing. They were kind of unfazed because, again, you know, they understood that they had the rare chance of getting signed to a record company, making an album, releasing an album, touring it. And so they were like, we're cool with it because we're living the independent band life. And that's absolutely the case, too. Dogstar is an indie 90s band to the T, like absolutely as a whole. And if that is your speed, if you really enjoy truly independent 90s rock bands, then Dogstar really is a band that you got to listen to if you never have before. So, you know, through through the years in the 90s, the later part of the 90s, you know, they were touring and they went to a few festivals like they were doing a lot, honestly, through also Keanu, of course, acting and putting out films, you know, through through him acting. And then the other one, Robert, he was a little small time actor. The two of them were acting simultaneously while Dogstar was kind of doing its own thing. And so that's primarily the main reason why Dogstar was to break up in the future because it just got too hectic. However, even when Keanu was making films, he would fly his bandmates out to wherever he was filming so that they could rehearse together. So it's just kind of a cool like camaraderie of three guys just making music together, having fun. I think that's really interesting. That's cool. And this is a cool fact that I did not know before. So Weezer, I think everyone knows the band Weezer, right? Like uh, Buddy Holly and Beverly Hills and, you know, all that stuff. We know Weezer, okay? We we know Weezer, especially if you grew up in the 90s, 2000s. You know who Weezer is, okay? So Weezer's first, their very first show as a band was opening for Dogstar. And this show was actually Dogstar's first show as well. So Weezer got their foot in the door because of Dogstar. Isn't that so interesting? I thought that was cool. I thought, hey, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I thought that was cool. So that happened as well, kind of in the midst of all of this going on. 
So fast forward a little bit to 1999, and Keanu was even a bigger of a movie star. Even from 1991 all the way up, like Keanu was really, really setting the bar for all of his films and his acting. Like he was getting a lot of substantial movie roles, such as Bram Stoker's Dracula, Speed, Johnny Mnemonic, which I happen to like. Some people maybe don't like that film. I happen to think it was an interesting concept and the visuals are cool. I like Johnny Mnemonic. Um, He was also in The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino. And of course, he was in The Matrix. Like, hello, hello. That is the biggest film franchise he's ever been in at that point in time. And then John Wick comes along later. Um, Yeah, The Matrix, of course. So, you know, it's just, it's becoming more of an issue because again, like he was acting and then the band was trying to make music and it just wasn't really happening. It was like, um, you know, work commitments were to get in the way. However, even through all of this kind of pandemonium trying to make music and Keanu was making these big time films that required months of preparation and filming and all that stuff, they were to record and release their second and last album called Happy Ending in 1999. And the lead singer Brett called the music on this record more pop aggressive than the band's other work, which that's true especially their first album, Our Little Visionary, that is truly alternative garage grunge, for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, he's correct. The second album, for sure, is more pop forward. So if that's more your speed and you're curious, then maybe check that one out. But if you're more truly a rock-centric kind of music person, then go for their first album, if you're curious to listen to their music. I would say, I mean, I would suggest listening to at least like one or two of their songs just to see what it's all about, you know? So through the years in the early 2000s, they were kind of on and off sporadically performing little concerts, nothing too crazy, but little, little kind of concerts. Um, And their last performance was in October 2002 in Japan. And then the band broke up at that point in time. Briefly, actually, Keanu and drummer Robert were to perform in a short-lived band called Becky after that point, but that was it, really. That was kind of the end and a nice little wrap-up of Dogstar and Keanu's first major venture into the music industry. Okay, so now I kind of want to talk about my personal opinion on Dogstar in terms of their music. So again, you know, I have nothing against Dogstar. I love Keanu. I love him. He is awesome. Um, But I have to be honest, and I will always be honest with you guys with my own personal opinion on music, because music is very important to me. If there's something that I don't like, I'll say it. If there's something I like, obviously I'm going to say it. Okay. And so, mm. I'm not the biggest fan of Dogstar's music, and I think in part this has to be because they really came out when grunge music was becoming mainstream. You had Nirvana, you had Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and you had a lot of copycat bands at the time trying to replicate that kind of grungy, punky, garage raw kind of sound. And so it's all kind of blurring and merging together into just a clump of meh, to be honest. Like, 
you know, I mean, Keanu is an all right bass player. The singer is kind of mediocre. He's not anything crazy. He's kind of the typical grunge garage vocalist. The drumming's pretty decent, um, but like, I don't know, the sum of its parts really just isn't great. However, I think their first album is better than their second one. That's just because, again, like, the style is a lot more of my kind of speed versus the more pop-centric album that they came out with. So I can say, however, the two songs that I enjoyed the most on their first album is a cover called No Matter What, you know, No Matter What You Do, that one, right? And I think their biggest tune that they've ever done called Nobody's Home, that one's pretty decent. You know, it's not the greatest. It's not a She Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's not a Man in the Box. You know, it's not a Jeremy or an Even Flow or a Rusty Cage. You know, um, it's just okay. It's just very mediocre. It's very bleh. It's very like, okay. And the whole album kind of just like, it's very forgettable. I'll be quite honest. It's very, very, very forgettable. Like, I'm looking at the song listing right now, and I listen to the whole album. I can't even recall what any of the songs sound like. Oops. Um, <laughs> Except for those two songs that I really enjoyed. And um, that just is what it is. It's the same thing with their second album. You know, I mean, even Keanu said, like, even later on, reflecting back on Dogstar, that you know, if they had been better instrumentalists, better musicians, I think it would have been a lot better. But unfortunately, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, it's really hard, I think, to kind of stand out from the other artists at this point in time in the 90s when you're making the same music. Like, you sound the same from Joe Schmo down the street. Like, you have to be different and provide something different. They just sound like every independent 90s garage rock band at the time. And uh, listen, again, this is this is being said with peace and love. I love Keanu. And I'm sure the other members are great guys. It has nothing to do with them as people. It's just as musicians, not the greatest. You know, not the greatest at all. On all fronts, I'll be honest. Um, but again... I really think that the two best songs on their first album is No Matter What, the cover that they did, and Nobody's Home. I think those two are worth a listen, at least, you know, give like five minutes of your time to one of those songs and see what you think. You know, and, and listen, I that is my brutally honest opinion. It's very forgettable. It's very just bland, mush. It doesn't like stand out to me in any kind of particular way. I commend them for trying. I really do. I commend them for trying, but like it's not something I would happily re-listen to again. It's so forgettable. Again, I can't even remember any of the other songs and what they sounded like. Um, there's nothing different that they brought to the table. Sorry, that's just my own kind of personal opinion, but hey, you might think otherwise. You might think that the album or their albums are great. And you might want to purchase them on eBay or something, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. I, honestly, even just for the fact alone of purchasing a copy of the CD or cassette on eBay, just to have in your collection, if you just collect for the purpose of collecting interesting music, 
yeah, I think that would be worth a few bucks for it. You know, do they get royalties after the fact? Like, ooh, I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. If you buy this album, I guarantee the royalties they were to get is like very minimal to none. It was a great venture for what it was. And I think it could have only come out at this time in music history where that kind of music was very popular. It was starting to become mainstream and they were doing what they wanted to do. It is what it is. But all in all, that is my take on Dogstar. I hope you guys learned something that you never learned about before. And uh, I will see you guys next Wednesday for a new episode of On The Mix. I hope you guys have an awesome week. Have an awesome day. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.